0: Hello, I'm Toby Haydoke, and I have chips with everything. Well, we'll get going then. All right then. Um, and, uh, three, two, one... Uh, Oh, this is exciting. Um, My next interview is one of my Facebook friends. Unlike many of my Facebook friends, I've never met her. But uh, I'm speaking to her for the first time uh, on a Skype line. So beware of the quality. Uh, So I'd like to ask her who she is and why I'm talking to her about Doctor Who.
1: Hello. Hello, Toby. My name is Caroline Berry, and you're talking to me about Doctor Who because I was the dinner lady in school reunion with David Tennant and Billy Piper.
0: And it's a great episode, and you have a great line when an alien explodes behind you. You stick your head out and say, "It's all right." She does that, which
1: I yes, think... <laughs> I know the amount of people who quote that line back to me. For them, that was one of the the line that they remembered from that episode.
0: It is. It's very funny. It's a very Doctor Who thing of being silly, but not so silly that it takes you out of it. It's it's good fun. Yes. Um, and obviously, yes. Had from to your play
1: it. sorry. So no, Had go on. To play it dead pan. That's what makes it so funny. The fact that obviously somebody sort of ex- exploded in the other room and um, <laughs> it's like, it's fine, she does that.
0: <laughs> and and of course you've had to just put on an accent to do it and from your natural accent and indeed your location, you are uh, one of those um, performers based in Wales who must have been quite delighted when uh, a major series like Doctor Who came and and has a pretty good track record of u- l- using local actors, is that fair to say?
1: Um. Yes, I think they have been fairly good. I mean, I mean Doctor Who definitely ...put us on the map down here... ...because it's done so brilliantly... ...as well as Torchwood as well... ...but we have a a lot of things filming down here... ...I mean Being Human has been filmed in Cardiff... ...Casualty has now moved to Cardiff... Um, ...I think Young Dracula... ...that's filmed in Cardiff... ...so there is a a lot of stuff coming down here... ...Da Vinci's Demons of course... ...which is this big new series about Leonardo da Vinci... ...that's been filmed in Swansea... ...and the surrounding areas... ...and that's a big co-production... ...between I think it's BBC worldwide and stars. So Wales, I think, is really increasing its output of work, which is good.
0: Well, it's an interesting development, isn't it? Because I, I, for many years, was a a Manchester-based actor, you know, and uh, there's there's always that um, pressure to move to London um, to get uh, exposed to more work possibilities. So did you ever um, consider making that move or were you always... Happy to stay where you were?
1: Uh, No, I lived in London on a number of occasions. I went to drama school uh, at East 15. And then I moved. I stayed in London for a few years after that. Then I moved back to Wales because I got my equity card in Swansea. Um, I then moved back to London uh, again later on. And then I moved back to Wales again. And then I moved to London again in 95 because I played Linda in Blood Brothers in the West End so that then took me back to london and i was there for about seven years i think before moving to devon and then i moved back to wales again when um my parents died so that's what brought me back to swansea we're sort of gypsies in a way aren't we i mean we can go we go anywhere with the work i know you've got to be based somewhere but i don't think years ago it used to be that you had to be in london to be working whereas now i think you know We've got trains down here, we've, got, we've yeah. got the internet. I mean, you can live anywhere. <laughs> and you know, it's the same in the north as well, isn't there? I mean, how long is it now to get to London? About two and a half hours, It's less than that.
0: Two hours, eight no, minutes. Fantastic. From Manchester, well, yeah. Well,
1: you, you can go anywhere. And also, the, I mean, there's a great circuit in the north as well if you're an actor. So, as long as you're prepared to travel, I don't see that it's an issue.
0: No, indeed. And it's, 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 you mentioned the internet. I got cast on Twitter the other day. Uh, I cast... Casting director couldn't get hold of my agent because she was at lunch or something. So he sent me yep. a message on Twitter saying, are you in Manchester on Monday? There's a t- <laughs> t- telly job. And I went, yes. And then my agent rang about half an hour later and was really annoyed.
1: <laughs> well, well, your agent shouldn't be
0: eating, should they? <laughs> oh, exactly. They
1: should be there in I... the office We're working for you morning, noon
0: and night. How dare they eat when I can't afford to? <laughs> I know. I agree completely. <laughs> so, um, t- talk about how-, how did you get... Um, how did you get involved with Doctor Who? Was uh, was that a long audition process? Um,
1: well, not solely down to Russell T. Davis, but I have known Russell T. Davis since he was about 14. Uh, we were in the West Glamorgan Youth Theatre together, and um, years later he was working up at BBC Manchester, and I did a, a, a children's series with him called Breakfast Cereals. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. Well it was a cast of four and we played it was like doing television rep we played loads of characters I think I must have played about 24 characters over the course of the series and it was basically all little chunks so it was a a different all different serials um there was one called Nice Chap, which was about a cartoon character that came to life. Um, there was Runners, which were we, were, we were on the run, I can't remember who we were on the run from, but we were running all the time around Manchester just trying to get away from this shady figure who kept appearing. And so it was built up of all these different serials. And then many years later, of course with Doctor Who, um, I got a call from my agent to say that Andy Pryor, the casting director, wanted to see me. And it, um, And you know, I tend to, look the best that I can when I go for castings. I didn't know that I was reading for... Dinner lady at the time, so when I read it, I thought, "Oh, I'm never going to get cast this. I'm far too glamorous for this." <laughs> so I said to Andy Pryor, I "said Well, uh, what shall I do with it?" He said, "I'll do whatever you like with it." So I said, "I know. I'm, I'll, I'll play it like I'm pl- like Peggy Mount would play it." Now I don't know if you remember Peggy Mount. Oh yes, but Peggy Mount. Yeah, she was this really big, like Cockney. You know, <laughs> she she was like that, would not she, Peggy Mount? All right, darling. So so I played it like that, and um, apparently Russell loved it so much that's how I got the part so my glamour days are over
0: I'm afraid <laughs> oh well you're invoking the spirit of Peggy Mount actually did a couple of episodes as Doctor Who where she played a stalls lady so um oh right okay unc- did know that yes you're un- unconsciously conjuring the spirit of Doctor Who in days gone by once you got the part was Doctor Who shrouded in secrecy I, I
1: couldn't make the- through unfortunately, because I was working on a film at the time, so I didn't go to the read through, so I was a little bit out of the loop in that respect. Um, but certainly, when you get your script, I mean, your name is emblazoned across every page, uh, so that you, you obviously know you can't give it to anybody else, nobody can photocopy it or anything like that. Um, I, I can't remember how long I had before actually doing the casting and, and then filming, but. Was it Shrouded in Secrecy? Well, yes, I suppose. I mean, nobody said you can't tell anybody what the storyline is, but I wouldn't dream of doing that anyway, because it just spoils it for everybody, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, I, I mean, Doctor Who had proved itself by um, having having that first series. So I guess by, by the time were you doing it, were you aware that it was this, this major show? Was it something that people were, were excited to be involved with?
1: Yes. I mean, I really enjoyed the first series with Chris Eccleston. Um. I loved him as the Doctor just because he's so intense. Um, I really liked what he did. And I've worked with Chris in the past on a series I did called Friday on My Mind. That was filmed down in Wales, which was about uh, set like during the Gulf War, I think. Um, and so I would like to have worked with Chris again. But, I mean, David Tennant, he's such a beautiful, lovely, open, generous person you know, as well as a fantastic actor. So I was really thrilled to be able to work with him. And of course, uh, Billy Piper, absolutely great. And how fantastic to be working with Elizabeth Slayton, who played Sarah Jane, and to have K-9 in the episode as well. Plus Anthony Head. I mean, how good can it get, really?
0: Yeah, fabulous. And um, yeah. And, and Elizabeth Sladen hadn't uh, you know, she'd had a bit of time off—not um, only Doctor Who, but but the business as well. So, was she quite? Was it? Was she quite nervous, or did she fall back into it straight away?
1: Uh, certainly, um, I wasn't in any scenes with Liz, but we were both staying at the same hotel, and that I meant she didn't seem nervous at all. She seemed she was delightful. She was absolutely lovely, and looked amazing. I mean, it's so so beautiful. And so lovely and slim and everything about was was lovely. And it's so sad that she's not here anymore. Um, but no, she seemed fine. I think she'd been doing... I think she mentioned conventions and things like that. So I think she, even though maybe she'd taken time out, I think she was still doing conventions.
0: Yes. Have you ever been probably
1: know more about that than me.
0: Have you ever been invited to one?
1: Yes, I did one. I did one in Swansea... Uh, I think it was not last year; the year before, the Regenerations one.
0: Oh yes, and how did you um, find it?
1: Uh, it was quite an experience. I really enjoyed it, and I, I'm still in touch with some of the people um, that I met there, which which is lovely, you know, which says a lot about the sort of people who go there. They're they're really keen to you know stay in touch and know everything about you. Um, I, I found it really, really interesting. I mean, I wasn't really prepared when I went in terms of. I didn't think for one moment that anybody would want to buy a photograph of me <laughs> as the dinner lady. Um, but you know, you have people queuing up for your photograph and autograph and to sign things. And I, I found that extraordinary. It didn't sit easy with me charging for people who who were like genuine fans and then charging them for photographs and. Stuff. I found that a bit awkward. It, j- it just didn't come naturally to me, but I'm sure I could get used to it. <laughs> well, I know I've got my own Doctor Who playing card because I've been sent them so many times. So that's another thing. I mean, even if you have a relatively small part in Doctor Who, I've been inundated with fan mail. And even now, I'm still getting stuff through the post. Please, can you sign this? And they tend to be those cards that people collect. Um, with my dinner lady, my big dinner lady miserable face on it, <laughs> 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 for everybody to see, <laughs> um, yeah it's well it's weird isn't it, you know it's amazingly popular and people just know everything about it, that's the other thing as well, when you do the panel at these conventions and there's like a Q and a it's not just a, they don't just know about Doctor Who, they've they tend to have looked you up on IMDb or something like that. And they know all your other credits as well. Um, they just know they know everything about you. It's a bit scary.
0: Uh, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of Doctor Who fans. Um, but <laughs> can you, you you say you say that it's uh, um, you know, it's incredible that it has this. Is it—is it a show that appeals to you? Can you understand the appeal of it?
1: definitely. I mean, I used to watch it as a child. I mean, even now I can remember watching the Daleks in in black and white. We would have had a small black and white television, giving my age away now, Toby. (laughs) And, um, uh, you know, it was terrifying. The, the, and I think the Daleks are still terrifying. There's just something about them, the, the way that they move so silently and effortlessly and that, you know, the voice and everything. Um, uh, would we'll just put the fear of God into me. So, yeah, I can completely understand it. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be more popular with men than it is with women. I don't know why that is, whether that's just because men are hard, their brains are hardwired in a slightly different way.
0: Yes, I mean, I, I think know. Russell T. Davis's great achievement was to make it appeal um to, to girls and young women but still they're not regular faces at conventions so maybe it's it's the hardcore um fact collation that is more of a yes. male thing
1: um and just to bring you back there to, to Russell again you know about him doing Doctor Who can you, can you imagine for him to grow up and then to you know reinvent Doctor Who and bring it back to our screens and make it a phenomenal success I mean that is it's like a dream coming true isn't it yes <laughs> fantastic
0: And does that infect the atmosphere on set? I mean, you know, watching all the the behind-the-scenes stuff, it seems that everyone was having a a, a right, jolly time. Yeah, I mean,
1: I certainly, um, if I remember rightly, I was a little bit hungover. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's very, I know, and I'm a consummate professional, Toby, but um, we'd had some drinks with um, Phil, Phil Collinson, who was the producer on it, and he very kindly met me and, Uh, Liz and Eugene who played um one of the teachers in it and he'd met us the night before and bought us drinks and things so I was slightly woozy the next day um but yeah everybody on it was absolutely lovely just really really lovely I don't think I appreciated at the time what a big show it was to be part of because that was the second series and um so it was, I suppose, you know, different Doctor as well. But, yeah, definitely things were taken off. And when you say to people that like, you've done Doctor Who, you know, their eyes light up and they go, oh, really? We know which one did you do and what were you doing? And everybody loves it. Are you
0: someone that watches yourself? When when it came on, did you, you know, get, get all your mates around? And...
1: No, no, I don't like that. I'm quite a shy introverted sort of person who doesn't really bang on about stuff that I'm doing.
0: <laughs> and uh, so to go right back to the beginning, um, um, you, what what made you want to act? I mean, you used to talk about being in youth theatre and, and and how did you get started?
1: Um, I, I knew from about the age of five that I wanted to be an actress. It was the only thing that I ever wanted to do, It's the only path that I followed. I mean... As you know, it can be really hard at times for actors, but I just, I'm one of these people, I have the ability to just put my head down when times are tough and just keep on ploughing upwards. Um, So I went to drama school, went to East 15, and then um, started out doing lots of rec. But, yeah, I went to York and Harrogate, Salisbury, and then I started doing television. I suppose I just came into perhaps a really good casting category, sort of young mum, that sort of age, and then everything turned really, and uh, I ended up doing lots of television. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate to do some really nice things, like I, I did what was supposed to be the last ever Morse. Um, quite a it was a you know really good one with Sheila Gish and Sir John Gielgud was in it. Um, and I played the sister. Sheila Gish got shot and it looked like I'd shot her. So I was like a sort of guest lead in it. So that was, in terms of great work that you could be part of, that was a fantastic job to get. Um, done some really lovely work at BBC Wales. I mentioned it earlier Friday, Got My Mind with Chris Eccleston. Did a lovely series with Keith Allen called Jack of Hearts. Um, he, he's, he's really interesting to work with, Keith. <laughs> um, recently I've done... May Day, which was on a couple of weeks back, which was um, set over five days, and it was run over five consecutive nights on the BBC, which is very unusual these days, you know, to be able to program that sort of thing. Uh, th- that I really enjoy that, and I've done Stella recently as well, which has been a big success on Sky with Ruth Jones. So uh, I just keep on working, you know, and there are really tough times, but I think if you're in it, I always knew when I came into the business that I was go- always wanted to be in it until the day I die. And you just keep on going. Um, and sometimes you have to find other things on the side that sort of keep you in the business. You've just got to find other ways of being creative so that when you aren't working to um, you know keep those creative juices flowing and uh, to remain in a positive state of mind, really. But the great thing, as you probably know as well, the great thing about this business is that... Every day is different, and tomorrow, something that could happen that completely changes your life, really. I mean, I've had a couple of instances like that where I've been out of work for ages, and and then suddenly I got a year in the West End. So I'm really grateful to be doing a job that I really love.
0: Um, I can't can't let it pass, though. You said Keith Allen was... Interesting to work with, which is a very euphemistic way of putting it so so how, how does his interestingness um, manifest itself
1: um well, he, he can be a real wind-up merchant. I mean, he's a, underneath it all. I know he comes across as like, you know, hard man Keith and everything. But underneath it all, he's he's lovely. He's a real softie. And I was playing his boss because he was playing a pr- probation officer and I was playing his boss. So nearly all of my scenes were with Keith. And it would be just like a two-hander... And uh, you do a camera rehearsal and he'd be there with his script and you'd think, oh, my God, he doesn't know his lines. He doesn't know his lines. And I'm in the scene with Keith and we've got all the lines together and, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, so it sort of puts you at a sort of, oh, oh, oh. It makes you feel a bit uneasy when you're in a scene with him. He's he's really lovely. He's a softie underneath. Because I know his brother as well. Kevin directed Twin Town. Yeah. Um. Um. So uh, they're both, I think, from Gorsainan. And uh, our our local lads, local
0: lads made good. Well, and talking about somebody being different underneath to how how they seem, you mentioned that you worked with Christopher Eccleston, who's always, I think, going to be something of an enigma to Doctor Who fans because he doesn't really talk about it um, publicly. And, you know, the impression is, oh, it's grumpy Christopher Eccleston who stopped being Doctor Who after one series. And then fans bump into him and say, oh, no, he was absolutely lovely. And he was more than happy to talk about Doctor Who. So um, give us an insight into the real Christopher Eccleston.
1: Well... I mean, I can only tell you my experience of him when I worked on Friday on My Mind. And he was he was really lovely. I think essentially he's a, a really private person and isn't one of these people who wants to be splashing his private life all over the papers. You know, there are lots of people who manage to have a great career without everything being documented in the press. I mean, I'd like to think that if ever I had the sort of level of fame that he had, that I would be exactly the same. I think he's private. I mean, he is he's you know, he does bring an intensity to his work, but I really like that. And he's 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 you know, he's a really great actor. Mm. Um I I certainly really enjoyed working with him on Friday on My Mind. You know, I think that's probably true. He probably didn't genuinely didn't want ever to be typecast because he's done such a broad range of work over the years you know he's not one of these people who's a sort of personality type Mm. actor. some actors are really great at one thing that they do but ask them to do anything else and they possibly can't do it but uh he is capable of many many things so that probably is a genuine thing that he saw it as a fantastic challenge went in gave it everything he got and then thought right i've done that i want to go off and do something else now
0: and it's interesting, you, you talk about doing something else. I'm interested that you um, turn to comedy because uh, as an actor and a comedian, quite often when I work with people who are just actors, and you go, oh, I do stand-up as well, actors more than anybody go, oh, I couldn't do that. So um, what what was it that uh, that made you want to have a, a bash and did, 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 it, did you take a long time to persuade yourself to do it? Because it is different to acting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is completely different. Um, I needed... I had a broken heart. That's how I ended up doing yeah. it. I'd started going to comedy nights at the Grand Theatre in Swansea and I was going with somebody that I was seeing at at the time and um, he... I thought he was quite funny and I said to him... I, I, uh, the, the comedian, do you know Noel James?
0: I do know Noel James. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, Noel James used to be the MC at the comedy club at the Grand and he'd mentioned that he was going to be doing a stand-up comedy course and so I said to the guy that I was seeing, oh, you should do that because, you know, you're so funny, you're so smart, all of that business. And then and then he dumped me. So I thought, right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to do that course. And I'm going to use all my experience about how hopeless you are. I'm going to use it and write something about it. And that's, exact, and that's exactly what I did. I did this comedy course. I was the only female amongst 12 men. And we had to write something we were doing like an end of course showing in a, in a bar in Swansea and we had to write a routine and so I wrote about 10 minutes of material about hopeless men most of it about this guy that I'd been seeing <laughs> and I'm glad to say I got loads of laughs so that made me feel a lot better for being dumped by him so revenge is sweet
0: ah yeah and comedy is cathartic it's very true
1: yes yes and then from that uh, that then went on further I I created a character called Kelly Marie Hogg and she was a, 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 a young girl from Kirby in Liverpool and she'd come to Swansea on her hen night, she'd met her fiancé, although she looked like a bit of a, um, how can I say this tastefully, a bit like, you know, the sort of um, people who aspire to be wags? Oh, Yes. So- So she had the long, a bit like, she looked a bit, I made her look a bit like Jennifer Ellison. So she had long blonde hair, um, you know, the fake tan. Yeah. Um, She's, she's on, so she met somebody out in Magaluf (laughs) called Dazzy um, and she got engaged to him and they're getting married and so she's come to Swansea on her hen night. So this character, she's head to toe in all the Barbie pink uh, that she could possibly get on her body, you know. Mini skirt, the L plates, the furry handcuffs, the the pink cowboy hat with the veil on the back, and I and I wrote a routine for her for Kelly Marie, and I loved doing that. That I, that was the best thing of all. And then from that, um, I met somebody in Swansea, and I said, oh, you know what you should do? You should do a comedy night, and he said go on then do it so I started a comedy night there then I started one at the vault in Swansea um, I had a gig in Pontypool I also had one at the ice house in Swansea and then that developed further I thought right well you know I'm obviously doing quite well at this um, I'm going to create a comedy festival so I did that in two thousand and. Ten and 2011 and um, I mean we had some great people down we had Sarah Millican Nick Helm uh, Jared Christmas Craig Campbell Lloyd Langford Ellis James I mean we had some really really great people come down and do their Edinburgh previews before going off to Edinburgh and on both years I did it a complete and utter sell out oh, so there, there obviously is a great appetite for comedy if it's done well and I think that's where I excelled. I'm a very, uh, you know, a perfectionist, a very detail-conscious sort of person. And and I suppose being an actress as well, I I think the reason my comedy nights did well was because I liked the whole production of it. You know, I always saw the pre-show music as being as important, how you greet people when they come in making them feel welcome, you know, whatever they want we'd get for them. Because that's all part of the evening, isn't it? If you set all that up, when the comedy starts, they're in the best possible frame of mind to have a great evening. I didn't really answer your question about the comedy earlier, and you said uh, lots of actors say, how can you do that? Mm. And uh, do you know what? It didn't phase me one bit. It would phase me now, because I've worked with comedians, and they've probably made me scared, or... Uh, have increased my fear of getting up and doing comedy. But when I first did it, I, I had no fear at all. And I approached it not as a, as a comic, really, but as an actress who was doing uh, a one-woman show, because I would love to do that. That I mean, for me, that would be the ultimate challenge. I would love to do a one-woman show, and so that's how I saw it. Really, it's just a little segment of me, perhaps doing a one-woman show. The only difference was I'd ha- I, I had to write it myself, and obviously it had to be funny. So that does put a bit of pressure on you. But um, I'd love to do a one-woman show. I'd love I'd love to work with Mike Lee. <laughs> I mean that 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 is a dream. I'd love to work with Mike Lee or with. Oh, um Somebody like Ken Lodge or who directed, sorry, my, my mind's gone blank. This is England.
0: Oh, Shane Meadows.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, Shane Meadows. Somebody like Shane Meadows. You know, where there's a lot, you know, it's quite free. There's a lot of improvising. I love that way of working. Um, so, so anything like that, really. But Mike Lee in particular. Well, and he, he sort of has an affinity with East 15 anyway. I th- I'm not sure if he went to East 15, or he certainly has had a lot of involvement with East 15 and, and actors who trained there, because Alison Steadman went there. Um, uh, oh, I'd love that. Maybe now I've got it out there, there'll be somebody listening who will go to, who'll say to Mike Lee, ah, oh, there was this really interesting actress called Caroline Berry. She'd love to work with you, and things will start happening.
0: Well, you never know. Doctor Who fans are everywhere, so there might be... Yeah, yeah, so that'd be great. So if that's if that's you, listener... Give Mike Lee a call. Come on, we've well, got to do some good yes. with this podcast. Change my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, look. Thank you very much. Um, I've, 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 I've pre-warned you about um, the charity. So, what's your charity?
1: Um, there's a really fantastic charity in Cardiff called the Directory dot com, and um, Nadine Honeybone, who runs the directory, does fantastic work with. Um, families who are affected with somebody in the family having autism um and she does do amazing work so I think it would be brilliant if any funds from this go to that charity.
0: And the uh, the final question is then we've, we've we've talked about more than Doctor Who but uh, the, the jumping off point was Doctor Who and Doctor Who is 50 years old this year so wow. um, do you have a message for the Doctor Who fans listening out there?
1: Um well what an achievement 50 years just goes to show um how Doctor Who transcends generations and every generation has its own doctor and uh, there's no reason why Doctor Who can't go on and on and on, really. Um, will there be a female Doctor at some point? That yeah. might be quite interesting to see. I'm sure there are lots of lovely, uh, wonderful actresses who, who could play the Doctor, put a different slant in it. There's no reason why the Doctor couldn't regenerate Or become, you know, somebody like, you know, I was going to say transgender Then I thought of Eddie Izzard, you know, somebody like Eddie Izzard playing it Which would be quite cool Um, A fantastic achievement, happy birthday, Doctor Who And for 50, you're looking pretty damn good
0: (laughs) I have to say, the day that there is a female Doctor The internet will be a very interesting place to reside Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, Well, look, Caroline Berry, thank you very much indeed Thank you Brilliant. That was great. I hope that was alright for you.
1: That was lovely. That was really lovely. It was really relaxed and uh, I hope I said some interesting things. You did. (laughs) You
0: did. Thanks to Caroline, who I'm pleased to say, shortly after our chat, uh, got cast in a very long stint in Coronation Street, which took her to Manchester, which is where I was when I was Skyping her. It's the way these things work out, or sometimes don't. Anyway, her charity is The Autism Directory, which is at theautismdirectory.com. And as for the next Who's Round, well, how about a trailer? Not as much trailer as a clip. Nonetheless, have a listen and join me next time but not before following me on twitter at toby hadoke t-o-b-y-h-a-d-o-k-e dot com i no that's not what's on twitter is it no it's just toby hado toby is my website you can look at that if you like it's got pictures of me and everything i first started directing drama in 1964 though i'd worked in other areas of broadcasting before then and Doctor Who was mm, probably fairly early on in my career. I was surprised to be asked to do it because I'd never shown any inclination to do that sort of drama, but uh, I welcomed it, did it, and um, enjoyed it.
1: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions.
0: Code Delta 3, code Delta 3 to Roger Blake. Get back to us, will you? We need your help. The squadron of pursuit ships will be in attack range in 2 minutes and 30 seconds.
1: Does Liberator know that?
0: Confirm. Ship identified as Rebel Cruiser Liberator. It's showing no signs of life, but we are proceeding with caution. We're turning back towards Traxus. Towards the satellite screen? It'll blow us apart! Requesting further instruction. Do we board Liberator and take prisoners or destroy the wreck? We are entering the planet's outer atmosphere. Can we do that? Can the hull take it without the Force Wall? We are about to find out.
1: Blake 7. Drones. I never liked funerals. How many have you been to? None. I told you I... Yeah, you don't like them. I understand. Exactly. Exactly.